Are you a business owner paying high merchant service transaction rates? The team at Clark Epos UK Limited are here to help. We pride ourselves on offering quick, simple, affordable card payment solutions. Perfect for everyday businesses just like yours. Call now on 01698 478883 and take advantage of our exceptional prices. Faster payment solutions with Clark Epos UK Limited. Collaboration is the word. Come up with the roadmap out of this. There's a fantastic opportunity here for the public and private sector to work closer together. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. With Clark Epos UK Limited. Faster payment solutions for everyday businesses. Good morning and welcome to the Go Radio Business Show with Sir Tom Hunter and Lord Willie Hockey. I'm Donald Martin, editor of The Herald and Herald on Sunday, and your host for the show as we talk Boris and broadband and catch up with Sandy Kennedy, Chief Executive of the Entrepreneurial Scotland Foundation. And in the boardroom, Tom and Willie answer your calls and provide business insight and advice. You can get in touch by emailing gobusiness at thisisgo.co.uk and join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag GoHunterAndHockey. Gentlemen, plenty of topics to get our teeth into this week. Let's kick off with Boris's grand plan for a bridge or tunnel across to Northern Ireland. Brilliant boost for business, Willie. I have to say that uh, in all my years being involved in business in Scotland, say the last 30 years, I was astounded to hear this. I have never heard anyone mention this. Uh, you know, something viable to spend public money on. And I still don't understand it today. I just don't know what it brings. And I think in the situation we're, we're in at the moment with the economy, obviously I think we've had the, the worst recession since 1709 in, in, in the last quarter. I think that certainly if we're going to spend $12 billion on a tunnel between Scotland and Northern Ireland, I think we would get a much better bang for a buck by spending that money on bigger infrastructure projects on Scotland and dry land. So Tom, where would you spend that $12 billion? Uh, would you spend it on a tunnel or something like <laughs> HS2? Goodness me. So, um, you know, I've I've saw lots of costs for this 12, 15, 20 billion. I saw on um, the Sunday Herald, actually. Don't know, just to give you a wee plug there. Herald on Sunday now. All right, sorry, right. sorry. I knew, I knew I'd get that wrong. But um, I, I agree with Willie. You've got to say, right, when we're spending public money, we're spending MD's money, Um Cost-benefit analysis, so just let's call it around twelve billion. Um, you could actually get new ferries, and you could make it free to travel between Stranraer and Belfast for a lifetime, and still no spend twelve billion pounds. So come on, get a grip. Um, HS two to me is an investment in analog when we're a digital society. Look at what Elon Musk is doing with the hyperloops around the world. So HS2, for me, quite a good aim to connect the North, but let's connect it properly with some innovative thinking. By the time HS2 is finished, it'll be out of date. So Willie, are we showing enough ambition when it comes to major infrastructure? On this point, I would certainly say no. I think that really, you know, once we get through the pandemic, um, we've touched in the, in the previous weeks that 
we must get the best bang for our buck. We can't, we've wasted a lot of money during the pandemic and we can't waste any more. So, you know, for me, I think that, you know, there, there has to be a lot of clever people in a room, you know, and, and we take more time before we decide which projects that we want to spend the money on. But I certainly think that there'll be major projects. I mean, getting broadband to the rural communities has got to be a better idea than having a tunnel in Northern Ireland. I think, as Tom says, there's all sorts of things that we could have a, you know, if we want to lift the GDP uh, and if we want to look at the return on our investment, you know, generally if we spend, you know, for every pound that we spend in the public purse, we should be looking to lever in three pound from the private sector. So this 12 billion or 15 billion really should be backed by hopefully a potential spend of 45 to 60 billion. And I think it's really, really important that we, that we, that we do our due diligence to make sure that we pick the right projects. Tom, what would you like to see happen? Well, I've been really taken with Willie's idea about housing in Scotland. Um, once he told me there's, there's not been a council house built in Scotland, what's it, for 20 years, Willie? There, there, there's been some, but they've not been called that. You know, we use a lot of yeah. local housing associations, but there's certainly there's, there's nothing worth talking about. Yeah, and, you know, this is, this is where I get annoyed because you get someone like Willie who's coming up with the idea from a business, but also a philanthropic point of view, and this should go and it should get the full backing of the government because it's a collaboration. You know, there is land out there sitting um, derelict. There is a housing need. Wally's got the answer. Let's get behind this and make it happen. Look at the apprentices. Look at the multiplier effect that would happen in Scotland. Scotland could lead the world in this. And, you know, Wally's getting on with it, and I know he is, but I guess I'm impatient for him. <laughs> if I can just come back to, you mentioned broadband. The rollout of faster broadband has kind of stalled a bit. It looks like the timescales are going to be pushed back. And we're currently trailing most of Western Europe, Japan, Canada, the United States in terms of average speed. What difference does super fast broadband make or will make? And are we aiming high enough in terms of the speeds we should get? Well, I think we're now in a global market competing for jobs. And I think that we need to have the same tools that other nations have. And it's fair to say that there is nations smaller than Scotland that are ahead of us in this field. So I think it's not beyond the realms, you know, of the, of the capabilities of the people in Scotland if we had the funds. So for me, I think that technology and, and broadband is is absolutely key. It's, it's, it's essential. Tom? Yeah, it's... Absolutely. It's it's almost become a, a human right, Donald. Through this pandemic, when um, kids are stuck at home and home learning, you know, people who don't have access, maybe because they can't afford it or because they're not connected, I would say that's a human right now to be connected. But from a business point of view, every single business now is a tech business in my mind. And every single tech business needs connectivity. And if we could set it that we're going to be in the top 5% of the world, that's where Scotland should be. If I can move on to a green future, how should Scotland and Glasgow showcase itself for COP26, Willie? I think for starters that we, we should use this opportunity to create you know, an exhibition that would showcase 
Glasgow, Scotland to the world. We'll never have an opportunity again um, where we've got so many world leaders, so many decision makers, so many people who make fin huge financial decisions. You know, and I think that um, I'm hoping that the Scottish government and Scottish enterprise, if the conference will be at the SECC, then hopefully, you know, the, the hydro would be the, the venue, but the SEC could be set up as a huge exhibition hall to showcase, you know, everything that, that Scotland has to offer, especially in technology and in green technology. I think we could put ourselves on the map. Tom? Yeah, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. One for Glasgow two for Scotland. It's our window to the world. And are we going to make the most of it? I was speaking to um, a businessman in America, very influential. Um, he's a global Scot. And he was saying that he's bringing 20 of the leading world's um, CEOs to Glasgow. And he was saying, Tom, what can we do? I mean, he's asking me, you know, I mean, I'll do everything I can, but have we got a joined up marketing approach have we got our hospitality sector they should be opening their arms and saying here's the best of Scotland we should be showcasing what we can do we should be I mean I reckon this is going to be Joe Biden's first visit hopefully will he um, and he's coming to Glasgow brilliant let's make the most of it well, on a note of positivity, continuing that theme, we're now seeing a slow return of pupils to schools. We're seeing hints of easing of lockdown. In terms of laying out a route map, how important is it for business to have that, Tom? I think we talked about it last week with um, Liz, and um, everybody needs a bit of hope, Donald. And um, I've been listening to it, and we're going to hear Boris's roadmap tomorrow. We're going to hear Nicola's roadmap the next day. I'm, I'm surprised she's behind Boris in this one, but never mind. Um, and everybody's saying, oh, well, we don't want to be date-driven. We want to be data-driven. I've just got a little worry at the back of my head that, it, of course, it's science-led. Everybody's saying, oh, we follow the science. But I think Scotland and the rest of the UK are going to have a different timing on the roadmap so my question is are we looking at different signs or how do we come up with these things? Willie what's your view? I definitely think that the, the more notice that we can give people in relation to getting back to normal the better. I think especially the hospitality industry don't need another fault on I think um, you know that they have spent millions, maybe hundreds of millions collectively um, to, to reopen and then to be closed again. We certainly don't need that. And, and as much as we all want to get back out there ASAP, I'm sure that we would all commit to being locked down that wee bit longer if we thought at the end of the day that we were going to get out and it was a, a clean you know, run thereafter. The, the, the vaccination numbers obviously will certainly determine when that will be. Tom? There was some good news um, last week um, from Kate Forbes. Um, so credit where it's due. And the rates relief is going on for another year. Even newspapers, Donald, are going to I'm get delighted. it. But um, non-essential retail, hospitality, Willie, that, that, yep. that really is a shot in the arm. So I'm optimistic, but we need this roadmap. We need a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. All this, oh, don't, don't book a holiday, don't do this, oh... Christ, you know, it gets me down in the morning. So we need 
positivity. Willie's dead right. This needs to be the last lockdown. The last lockdown. I don't think we could take any more. So I understand it's got to be it's got to be prudent, but I've just got this feeling we're gonna be on a two-stage Scotland and the rest of the UK. And I would like that explained to me. Okay, one area that is booming are bitcoins. Now, I've always been a bit wary of them. I think it could be a Ponzi scheme, but, Willie, is this a genuine investment opportunity? Uh, for me, no, it's not. Uh, and I don't care, it's over 55,000 uh, bucks a coin at the moment. Um, I listen to the experts, uh, and I've listened to two or three on Bloomberg over the last three weeks now, and uh, they have all said that uh, it's difficult to value something that, that doesn't have a clear asset behind it. So for me, uh, even if someone told me it was going to go to 60,000 tomorrow, um, I wouldn't be investing in Bitcoin. Tom? Well, I've got a slightly different point of view here. Um, I have tried to get to understand it, and it's challenging, but um, there's a great book, actually, on the Winklevoss twins, the Winklevies, they were called. They're, they're the people who claimed they started Facebook, Willie, but um, they lost the court case to Mark Zuckerberg. But they, it, it's a brilliant read. And, you know, I really wrestle with this in my head. Is it a Ponzi scheme or is it here to stay? Is it an alternative currency? And I would say the jury's out. I would say you could have made a lot of money um, in Bitcoin over the last three years. Could you make it over the next three years? I haven't a clue. Indeed. A quick question for you then, Willie. The UK Business Secretary considering imposing fines and bans on directors for inaccuracies in their company accounts by making them respond personally liable for their business failures. Is that fair or would it stifle entrepreneurship? Well, I think anyone deliberately falsifying their accounts should be liable for fines or even imprisonment, depending on what you're, you know, the, the extent of what you're doing. Um, but you know, we have to determine honest mistakes against fraud, you know, real fraudulent uh, accounting. You know, so for me, the answer to that would be yes, as long as we absolutely determine a hundred percent that it was fraudulent and not an honest mistake. Okay, coming up next. We'll be chatting to Sandy Kennedy, Chief Executive of the Entrepreneurial Scotland Foundation. Are you a business owner paying high merchant service transaction rates? The team at Clark Epos UK Limited are here to help. We pride ourselves on offering quick, simple, affordable card payment solutions. Perfect for everyday businesses just like yours. Call now on 01698 478 883 and take advantage of our exceptional prices. Faster payment solutions with Clark Epos UK Limited. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. With Clark Epos UK Limited. Faster payment solutions for everyday businesses. Sandy Kennedy is the Chief Executive of the Entrepreneurial Scotland Foundation, which believes that Scotland's future will be shaped by those who think, act in an entrepreneurial way. He's also a columnist for that fine paper, The Herald. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Thanks very much, Donald. A pleasure to be here. You and the ESF have been at the coalface during the pandemic. What have you learned and what challenges have you faced? 
Well, maybe starting with the, the people that we work with. Uh, we work with two key groups, um, the young, sort of up-and-coming, uh, high-potential talent, and then also the entrepreneurial leaders who are really, really at it, at the coalface at the moment. If I start with the first group, what we're seeing with, the, with, with those people is they're showing you're really quite extraordinary resilience. You know, everything's been taken away from them. However, the thing that they're probably struggling with most is opportunity. Because for many of us who've got established networks, we're able to find those opportunities. But for young people, especially people who maybe don't have the networks or parents who can help them, they're being denied that. So, so really a, a big impact on, on young people uh, and, and their access to opportunity. And, and there's a big opportunity, I think, that for us as well. The second group, which is the entrepreneurial leaders, is again, we're seeing bags and bags of resilience. Um, but it's a very varied impact, unlike previous recessions or crises where it's sort of been fairly um, sort of across the blanket. What we're seeing is some people are doing extremely well and some people who are really struggling. And this has been really well covered by, uh, by this show over the last few weeks. However, maybe picking apart some of those things, um, what we're seeing is, and it picked it up last week, was around mental health. You know, it's really important how we can get people in support because it's really lonely being an entrepreneur and being on your own and being up there. The second area which we're seeing is is purpose. There's a lot of people who've taken this time to reevaluate what's important, what's really important about the business, why are they doing it, and. And I think it can't be emphasized enough how much they're looking after their staffs and trying to do the best, how to look after the customers and the best people, the best entrepreneurs, and they're going to come out of this flying are the ones who've looked after their staff and their customers on the way through. And the final theme that we're seeing from this group of, of entrepreneurial leaders is a hunger to learn. They're recognizing they don't know it all. They're recognizing that as we come out of the pandemic, there's going to be a bag of opportunities but they don't know it and they're hungry to learn. So this time last year, we had nobody in programs running around um, online programs. We've had 106 people through in the last, just in the last 12 months doing online programs. Brilliant. So how do you seize this abundance of opportunities? And are there any success stories that you can share right now? So, I mean, just starting with this abundance of opportunities, um, it feels amidst all the doom and the gloom that we're seeing that that doesn't feel like the right story to be telling. But during times of dislocation, disruption, upheaval, there's always opportunities that emerge amongst the cracks. So what the entrepreneurial-minded leaders are, are seeing those and are looking to, to pursue them. And we've got that plus a wall of capital that's building up. I'm talking about it globally here. There's a view... There's a view around that there's 5% of the world's capital is shifting from public markets to private markets and particularly looking for solutions to climate change, etc. So you've got this combination of disruption and capital and that's really going to open up opportunities. Disruption and capital. Tom, I think it chimes with some of the themes you've talked about before. Yeah, obviously um, Sandy and I worked together for a long time trying to promote. We, we both believe that the economic recovery of Scotland will be entrepreneurial-led because entrepreneurs are closest to the disruption that's happening. They're the most agile. So if we can support them with capital and peer-to-peer -peer learning, Sandy, that's my big thing. So what would you say if, if someone's listening to the show this morning and they're thinking, all right, Entrepreneurial Scotland, how can they help me and how can they get in touch? 
Thank you, Tom. Um, and it's not just about Entrepreneurial Scotland. There's also a lot of other great organisations like Scottish Edge who are offering superb support of the entrepreneurial community. But to your point about how do you get that, really there's three key areas. The first area is peer-to-peer, which is you if you're in amongst it with people who are going through the same journey as you, you're going to resonate. You're going to face up to the, some, the same problems. So gathering in groups, and we're finding groups of about, tw- in this online world, groups of about 12, 8 to 12 are the optimum size and really getting them and really being very open with each other. So sharing is a really important thing. The second key thing, which is a, it goes towards peer learning, which is bringing people who've been there before, or as Colin Robertson always talks about, hit every pothole in the road, bringing that experience into the room as well. So sharing that out. And the final thing is, and I think Scotland, you know, Tom, you've been trying to do this for years, is we need teaching and learning as well and bringing the best in class. And we can't have mediocrity here. It's got to be the best in class. And I'm thinking of our, our friend, Professor Les Chalmers, as an Indeed. example, who I was speaking Babson. to yesterday. Yeah, and all right. They are really hungry to help as well. So a combination of peer-to-peer, people have been there and done it, and brilliant teaching. And if, if it means that we have to get it from America or from Strathclyde or wherever it is, let's get it into the... Because these are the people who are going to create the jobs. So how do the, how do the people listening to the show get in touch with you so go to the website entrepreneurscotland.com contact us we do if you're interested in either giving opportunities to young people then we'd love that through our internship program and other things Um, if you're interested in your own leadership development then we're running a whole number of programs we've got one with uh, around innovation and growth coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks again with Babson and the the legendary uh, Jay Rao talking about gorillas and monkeys and all that good stuff so (laughs) go for it entrepreneurialscotland.com great is the foundation just restricted to people start businesses or can other people get in touch? So as you said at the start, Donald, um, Scotland's future is going to be shaped by those who think, act and lead in an entrepreneurial way. And really that's everywhere. You see it in its rawest form, almost like super distilled form at startups because that's all they've got. They've got their, their wits, they've got their idea and they're going for it. So absolutely startups. However, when we want to see sort of growth and scale and, and generation of, of wealth, it's going to be the scale-ups that do that. So we work with them as well. But increasingly, we're also working with corporates because they're looking at entrepreneurship and how to bring that entrepreneurial spirit into their organization because they know doing the same things the same way will not be the way of the future. And, and I know this has been touched on on previous shows, is we would love to see an entrepreneurial fervor in government. You know, imagine if we had the same entrepreneurial DNA that's flushing through our startups, also being in your all the government departments and higher education and on. You talked about being best in class, and I'll bring in Tom and Willie after uh, yourself, Sandy. But what skills, reskilling, and upskilling are needed to take advantage of the abundance of opportunities? So I'm going to focus in on sort of the skills, the mindset, and the connectivity. In terms of the skills, there's some your know, terrific provision, and there's a, the raw form of it in terms of the your know, young people that are coming through. Um, but there's specific skills that you need to be able to develop to be entrepreneurial, which you, know, you can go look at Lean Startup would be a good example, which is you, as an entrepreneur, you're facing into massive uncertainty. Nobody knows the answers. So therefore, you need to be able to test, to experiment, to try things, to learn and coming in on the back of that. But that's going to be twinned with a mentality and that curiosity to keep learning, but resilience to keep at it and the grit and the determination. Willie? 
I think it's a really good point that Sandy makes, and and I would encourage the government. You know that we we have had a wee go in the last few weeks where we think that the government maybe doesn't engage with business as much as it should. I think this would be a real opportunity um, to go from the ridiculous to the sublime. Why don't Scotland? Why don't we have a minister for entrepreneurship? Right, let's see it. Let's try it. See how it I'm goes. I'm voting for you, Willie. Right? No, I yeah. don't have the time to do it. Right? But we we can get someone to do it. But I think that just to, on the point that Sandy made is it, it's great that people are adapting. And so many people are moving to online, like 106 businesses are doing. But me and Tom have mentioned that in all the weeks before, right, Part a big part of the success of our businesses has been on the people that we met on the way who helped us. And the big, big worry for me at the moment, especially for startups, is there's no interaction. You know, Zoom is great, team meetings are great, but there's no doubt in my mind that the, the what's happened in the last 12 months will stifle. You know, that you, you won't, we've probably missed out a year, Sandy, where the, the companies are going from startup to the next level. You know, and, and I hope that when we do get out of this, that we can help them make up in, in that lost time. And, and, you know, we're asking what people can do. Entrepreneurial Scotland, fantastic organisation. It's probably responsible for, you know, taking us from the bottom quartile for successes into the top quartile. And we certainly want to stay there. So if anyone's listening who's got an idea they want to start up, they can get in touch with Entrepreneurial Scotland. Or even if people like me, whoever, feel as if they can give something back by mentoring some of the startups our businesses please get in touch Tom how do we help businesses be best in class yeah so I mean what we're trying to do here is um, the best entrepreneurs I've ever met are the ones who try out their ideas they learn by doing everybody's a wee bit scared and it's some it's sometimes when I see business plans coming to me um, Sandy it's like have you spoken to a customer yet that's my first question always oh no I, I, I well, go and speak to the person who's going to buy your product. They're the best. And it is amazing, Sandy, and we always coach this, of how people take your calls, <laughs> especially Absolutely. in Scotland. You know, I'm thinking about this. So the best entrepreneurs, they will come and every business plan I've ever seen goes from left to right in an upward-only direction sales plan. And every plan is wrong. Because <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. It goes up, it goes down, it goes back, it goes under. Um, but the best entrepreneurs are the ones who go, well, I thought that was going to happen. But what's happened here is that we're going this way now. And to have that confidence to say, yeah, I told you I was going right, but I'm actually going left now. Those are the entrepreneurs I want to back who have got the confidence to say, I was wrong there, but now we're going this way. So learn by doing is a huge, huge thing for entrepreneurs. But what Entrepreneurial Scotland does for me is Sandy talked about this being a lonely time. And when you start on your own, it is a lonely time. But when you see your peers and when when we could in our accelerator down in Dundonald, you know, people shared their ideas, shared their problems. Oh, I don't know if I can meet the wages this Friday. Well, I couldn't meet them last Friday, and here's what I did. That is invaluable. 
invaluable, Donald. Really? Can I just add to that? Yes, and the point that Tom made when we started on the project for the housing, um, that we decided that you know that the tenant had to be at the heart of everything we'd done. So I might have interviewed two builders, two developers, two architects, but I interviewed fifty tenants, and we we glean more from that in building the model than we did from speaking to anyone else. Perfect example. Absolutely. Sandy, difficult times. How important is hope, optimism and confidence? Well, if you go back to what Tom just said, it's all about hope and confidence because the bottom line is, as an entrepreneur, you're stepping into a space where nobody knows the answers. So if you're fearful and risk-averse and pessimistic, then you're just not even going to step into that space. And too many people maybe have an amazing idea or even have the beginning of a business, but they can't step into that space. So you have to have it. It's essential. And what would you like to see government give in terms of support for entrepreneurs? What's the one thing that would make a difference? I'm going to do two because I'm going to pick up Willie's point as well, which is... The first thing is, again, this is a bottom-up grassroots thing. And the government is currently in a, in a situation where everything's top-down, control, risk uh, control. This has to be about culture, about encouragement, and about nurturing. And that means they have to, in some places, get out of the way, in some places, nudge, in some places, support organisations like Scottish Edge or others to really be who are already proving themselves. But the second point, which is really building on what Willie was saying, is if this is going to be entrepreneur-led, if entrepreneurial people are going to be the answer then where does it sit within the portfolio of government? And if we don't actually have a Minister for Entrepreneurship, then how can we possibly think we have a chance of seizing those opportunities? Yeah, we had Evelyn on from Scottish Edge a couple of weeks ago, and we have just finished the latest round of Scottish Edge. And the brilliant news is this was the biggest application round ever. That means more entrepreneurs applied for the funding than ever. Now, why is that? It might be out of adversity. I don't actually mind. Therefore, we've all got to get behind these entrepreneurs. It's going to be entrepreneurial-led, and we've got to get behind it. All of us. Well, nice to have some optimism. Thank you, Sandy. Coming up next is The Board You Can't Afford with Hunter and Hockey. Don't forget, you can put your questions to Tom and Willie by emailing gobusiness at thisisgo.co.uk or join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag GoHunterAndHockey. The board you couldn't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Welcome back as we go into the boardroom with Hunter and Hockey and answer your calls with business advice, insight and inspiration. It's the board you can't afford. Don't forget you can put your questions to Tom and Willie by emailing gobusiness at thisisgo.co.uk and you can join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag gohunterandhockey. So gentlemen, let's begin by talking about the message and the importance of getting it right. KPMG's boss, Bill Michael, or former boss, stepped aside pending an investigation for effectively telling his staff to stop moaning and playing the victim card over COVID. Because, in his view, you're highly paid and others who are worse off backfired. So, Willie, how important is it to know your audience or workforce and be in tune with their needs and feelings? I think it's really important that you're sending out the right message, and that was certainly the wrong message. But I think in this day of you know social media, that you know people have to be very, very careful. Like you know, if you take 
you know, if you take him and you take the, the head of the Olympics, Japan, just saying a couple of things today and your whole reputation is in the bin, I, I think that, but the message he was putting out was wrong. It was completely wrong. It was right that he had to step down. But I think that, um, that every time I address my people, I hope I'm trying to lift them rather than putting them down. And I, and I think, and I'd hope that most people leading businesses would be doing the same thing. Better to send out a positive message, message rather than dwelling on a negative. So, Tom, do you ever run your messages past someone? Because that was one of the lessons I learned early on: is always bounce it off someone. Because in your head, it might think it sounds like this, but it can come across badly. Do you sense check it? Yeah, um, a bit like Willie. I've got a great partner in Marion. <laughs> she's the brains of the outfit, Donald. <laughs> and she's just common sense. And I do discuss things, and especially now, we, we always start the day with a long walk with Frank the dog. And um, I bounce things off Marion all the time, and it's it's amazing how many times she's brought me back from the brink, Willie. I'm sure Susan's helped you as well. Yes, absolutely. That's That's the best conscience you can have. <laughs> And I was always told if you're going to fire off a stinking email, wait and then read it the next day when you've calmed down. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, I see people falling out all the time over email, and I just say, pick up the phone. Yeah, I must admit, I have been going to send two or three texts <laughs> in the last couple of years. At the last minute when I read them back, I thought I was making my point too forcefully. And That's only to the Celtic manager, <laughs> Willie. Oh, I think most of them were to me after the last few shows. <laughs> and, I, and I deleted them before I sent them. Well, Tom, on your recommendation, uh, I watched that documentary on the Dallas Cowboys. And the thing that struck me most was the messaging everywhere every room all over the stadium, the offices, and every time they got together with the players, reinforcing the messaging. So do you have a mantra that you preach? Yeah, if when you're allowed, come down to my office and you'll see I've got posters all the way up, the staircases with great quotes um, from Warren Buffett, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, all my kind of heroes. And um, the Dallas Cowboys, all or nothing, the... The coach there, Jason Garrett, although Willie told me last week that he's been sacked. <laughs> but I loved him because whenever they got beat, he started it in front of his team saying, I got this wrong, this is on me, here's what I'm doing about it. He, he took responsibility. Um, he obviously took responsibility, he obviously got the sack as well, but anyway. Willie? Well, I I'll give you a, a perfect example. Uh, I had a meeting with my uh, building team yesterday who are involved with the, the house project and it was kind of filtering through to me that a few people were worried about a few things you know, about procurement and what was going on. And I got them all in a room yesterday and I said to them, listen, you need to remember that we're pioneering here. So don't worry about anything. Anything that doesn't go right here is down to me. Okay, so whether it's over budget or whether it's not right and we'll get things wrong at the start, but I don't want you guys in here thinking that you've got the handcuffs on because you're scared to make a mistake. All the mistakes in this project are, are, are down to me and I'll take responsibility for them. And I could see in the room that everybody was just lifted, that everybody was smiling and thought it was a big pressure being lifted off them. Tom? Yeah, it's a great point. I remember during Sports Division, um, our footwear buyer was a young lad called Laurie Kemp and... Laurie had been a Saturday boy and he was now responsible for buying six million pairs of trainers a year. And when we used to sit in the buying meetings, I had to give him confidence. So I would always say, right, Laurie, 
what did you want to buy? He was closest to the customer. He knew if it was a new Nike Air Max or whatever. And he would say, oh, Tom, I think I think we should buy this. I said, oh, come on. If it goes wrong, it's my fault. If it goes right, you get the bonus. And just gave him the confidence to back his hunches. So he obviously listened to you. So a question about listening. Do you think government is listening to business, Tom? I think we've talked about it over the past few shows and we start off with none of us, not one person on the planet has been through a global pandemic before. Therefore, collaboration is the way to make better decisions. I'm disappointed with the way the Scottish government have um, listened to business because I think they would make better decisions if people were in the room who they were making policy for. You know, we've, we got on really well with the Scottish Government in education with John Swinney, with Aileen Campbell. And one of the things we're saying is don't write policy unless the policy maker has listened to the customer, as I call it. We've heard all about this. And it's amazing how policy makers were doing it in isolation. So all I'm saying is collaboration. I don't know how to run a government. I don't know how to be a politician, but the politicians don't know how to run business. So the first point is to say, you've got skills I don't have. I've got skills you don't have. Together, we make a better decision for Scotland. Willie? One of the best ideas I've ever heard that turned out to be one of the worst experiences I've ever endured was... During a Labour administration of running Scottish Parliament, they had this wonderful idea of having a business in Parliament Day. And I thought, now we're talking. And really what the idea was that they, in the, in, on this day, the Chamber would be turned over to business leaders and the MSPs would be in the gallery. And I thought, what a wonderful idea for us to, to showcase what we've got to say. And some of us were asked to, to speak at the podium that day. I went through a horrid, went into the chamber, and I was so disappointed that not one third of the MSPs had turned up to sit in the gallery. Worse than that, the leader was only there for a very small portion of the day, and I actually left there the next day thinking we were further away than we were when I thought, you know, this great idea would get us closer to business. So I was never so disappointed, and I don't think it ever happened again. I think the feedback from the business guys that attended in the day was disaster. So if we do manage to get the government engaged going forward, hopefully it will be much more um, successful than the last attempt. Tom? So do I think the politicians want the best for Scotland? 100%. And they've got to know that business people like Willie and I want the best for Scotland a million percent. We do tend to speak different languages. Maybe we need an interpreter. But I would like to invite Nicola Sturgeon, Fiona Hislop, Kate Forbes onto this show so we can hear their point of view because I'm desperate to get together, collaborate and do the best job for Scotland. The message we're trying to send here is business is apolitical. Right, so there's no, there's nothing, there's no political gain here whatsoever when we want to engage. We will engage with whoever the administration is that's running the country. We just want the best for the country. We're now going over to the phone lines, and our first caller this morning is James. Hi guys, it was just, um, it was just a question I've got for you. I've built up a, a small business um, 
just recently during lockdown in a waste management business and it's taken off quite successfully. But I'm still managing to hold down a full-time job and I was just looking for your thoughts on when's the best time to pack in a full-time job and go at it hell for leather, basically. I was just wondering your opinion on it, please. Morning, James. Morning. Uh, it's Willie here. Um, I think the, this decision is an easy one. When your income from your enterprise exceeds your basic salary, it's time to jump. Uh-huh. And I think that that is the time. Or if you see the potential that you're heading there and it's got a bit of longevity, then it's, it's an easy decision. For me, that, that would be when the time would be to jump. Yeah. Tom? Hi, James. It's Tom. Um, Hi, Tom. Give your business a plug. What's it called, James? Rhino Waste Management. Rhino Waste Management. Good man. Right. So I disagree with Willie a wee bit here. I would say... Um, if you're an entrepreneur and you know in your heart that this is what's going to happen, you need to manage the risk, but don't don't wait until your income goes higher than that. If you believe in your heart of hearts, and what's the worst that can happen? You could be wrong. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely, go for it. James, do you want to share a wee bit about your startup? Because it's, you know, it seems like a fantastic wee success story. It's just started with £500 in a second-hand van. Yeah, basically that's it. Um, I've seen an opportunity when, before lockdown and I just went for it. I've seen the local authorities with changing bin collection and I thought, you know, this could be an opportunity. And I just took, the, took a punt on it and went for it and didn't tell my wife. And just went <laughs> down, down to Coventry and bought a van and back up the road with it. And your wife sent you to Coventry, James. Is that what you're saying to us? Sure, probably wish that. Eh? James, I need to say, you in, in the name Rhino Wines Management, I had this vision of two guys with a shovel walking behind a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can sell it, Willie, for your roses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, um, do you know, back with what you said away near the beginning, Willie, the show that when you get an opportunity, you just got to run with it. You were the the tenants brewery and I just I've got a similar opportunity and I've just ran with it and you just got to go with it I think you're got 100% yeah, yeah, and hopefully it'll, it'll pay off for you. And you, you sound as if you've got a good idea that it will. So I don't think you're 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 taking a big risk there, you know. And good can, luck with it. Can I ask James if if yeah. you'll come back on and tell us what decision you made and how it's going, maybe down the line? Because we would we would love to know how you're doing. And, yeah. and listen, best of luck. Yeah, I, I, I will. Um, I could drop you a line. I'll let you know how I go. Um, it's worth, it's worth a punt at the end of the day. You've got to take a chance, haven't you? You, yes. you just don't know what's around the corner on. 100%. Yeah. Good luck with it, James. On a similar line, I had a question uh, somebody wrote in, Louise, who's she's working on her own business part-time for a few years while also working full-time for her employer. She'd love to go full-time with her business, but the family think she should stick with a safe option. And she's saying, when you were starting out with your own businesses, did you deal with anyone who didn't believe you could make it a success? And if so, how did you overcome this? Tom? <laughs> I'm actually laughing here because um, my mum, even when we were turning over tens of millions of pounds, we used to take mum and dad for lunch every Sunday. And every Sunday, my mum said, son, um, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes you just got to go on with it. No, I just done my usual. I never asked anybody (laughs) Andy's opinion. (laughs) 
I'm not sure that's going to help Louise, but hopefully... Oh, good luck, Louise. <laughs> hopefully we'll be able to help. Our next caller is Kathleen Brennan. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome to the show. I believe you've got a very topical uh, subject to put to Tom and Willie. On you go. Yes, I do, Donald. Thanks. Um, first of all, thanks very much. I don't know what I call you, if it's Sir Tom and Lord Hockey. <laughs> well, well, Willie and Tom. Willie and Tom is fine, <laughs> Kathleen. And Tom, right. Okay, that's great. Um, so my question's on a subject that is really topical and it's well documented at the moment. So online learning due to school closures is causing vulnerable children to become even more disadvantaged, which means the attainment gap is widening even more. Um, and we've developed a, an app for remote learning that can help close the gap. And I'm looking for advice on how to find an investor to help make this app more readily available for everyone. Have you have you applied to Scottish Edge? Scottish Edge. Have you applied to Scottish Edge for 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 no. funds? No. No. Right. So. At the end of the show, or one of the producers will pick it up and you can apply for funds there. Right. And also, if you drop me a note, because we are we are helping through the Hunter Foundation, um, kids who are who'd lack the connectivity for homeschooling, etc. So we'll see if we can point you in the right direction as well. Oh, that would be fantastic. Willie? And Kathleen, I, I would say that yes, the, the EDGE Fund is the first um, port of call for you. And what I'm going to do is, I know a wee bit about the story. I know the, know the Boswell family's involved here. And, yeah. and, and, and Tom, this is a family who really, a bit like yourself, they're, you know, they, they're, they're in business with right. their heart, they're not in business with their wallet. You know, they do a lot of great work. They help save a local school where I live. Oh, so and I know Tony and, and his good lady do a fantastic work in the community. I was on a Zoom call the other day when I was thinking about East after I'd spoke, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd communicated with Tony a few weeks ago. Um, the Chamber of Commerce set up a call last week and they did Chamber of Commerce in Singapore on the line. And I was really interested to what the gentleman there had had to say about online learning. And what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to send an email and connect you with Stuart Patrick because you should definitely speak to this guy in Singapore as to what they've done with on, online learning. It's very much on a par with what you're trying to do and hopefully that will help you also. Brilliant. Oh, that is absolutely... Because I think it makes a difference. The big problem, I think, with the stuff at the moment is the kids need the internet and they don't all have the internet or they don't all have the the uh, like the computers, but ours, because they can use it, they can download it anywhere and they can use it on their mobile phones, which makes all the difference. I think, you know, we believe that this will help quite substantially but that's fantastic advice thanks very much Kathleen also can I just add to that that uh, I know that um, the UK government has invested in companies like this down south yeah. and I think once you get a bit more profile and I know, you know you may have been talking to the government already I think that this is something if we can you know if, if you can prove it to, to, to the ministers it's something maybe that Scottish Enterprise uh, and the other government bodies might be able to help but they, but they might decide to help you through the Scottish Shed fund. So please, um, you know, keep us up to date with how you're doing, and I will certainly get these details for you and I'll get them to you this week. Oh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate all your help on this for both of you. Thank you. Best Good luck, luck, Kathleen. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Thank bye you. Bye bye. You've both been described as incredibly well connected, whether it's politicians or celebrities. But for somebody starting out in business, how important is it to network and build relationships and who should they be seeking out, Tom? So I think we 
we heard it from Sandy from Entrepreneurial Scotland. Um, starting and growing your business can be a very lonely time. And therefore, what we coach is the peer-to-peer learning and support. I think Willie said last week, talking about American football, then the owner of the Tam- Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think it was the father, said to the son, if, if you're going on a long journey, get someone who's been on the road before. And I love that. And it, and it really is. And this peer-to-peer support, the peer-to-peer learning, I actually think Scotland is leading the world in this. Through the Hunter Foundation, we've been trying to help this for over 20 years now. And I really think through Entrepreneurial Scotland, through the entrepreneurial hubs, which Willie supported, through EDGE, there is more support now if you want to start and grow your business than ever. And the support is peer-to-peer. That is really important. Peer-to-peer support, Willie? Oh, yes. 30 years ago, um, there was no connectivity. We had, we had some fine entrepreneurs who were leading the way in various sectors in Scotland, but there was, they were not connected. The best thing that ever happened to Scotland was the entrepreneurial exchange that brought people together. So like Tom, the advice I would give to all those lonely entrepreneurs out there is, you know, become a part of an entrepreneurial hub, whether you need the help or whether you want to help them, you know, get involved with Entrepreneurial Scotland. Definitely, you know, if you've got a business, join the Chamber of Commerce. You know, the more and more discussions, the more and more people you meet, the, the more and more that your business will thrive. That networking is invaluable. So, Tom, what's the secret to building that strong contact book and how valuable has it proved to be? Again, I think Scotland's got a huge advantage here. Um, when I was um, growing up and it was, you know, you would you would phone people up, can you help me? And I got very few no's. Everybody was very supportive. And as we go along today and we're asking people to help, you know, everybody wants to help another business succeed. And there really is a positive feeling in Scotland. And I, I don't actually see that. I, I don't see it happening down south. You know, we there's not that sort of support in London as such. And I don't even see it in Silicon Valley when I used to go there because everybody's on their own trajectory but in Scotland we want our fellow entrepreneur to succeed and that is so important and so special. Willie is that your experience that everybody wants to help and anybody listening in wanting to set out in business that people are there for them? Oh yeah I was very very lucky in my period in business way back at the start the entrepreneurial exchange was just beginning to grow and grow and I remember the very first time I went to Glen Eagles to the annual conference and being in the, in the, in the ballroom at Glen Eagles in a room with 250 like-minded people and I thought or oh, this is Utopia, <laughs> someone here to go and talk to. And it was amazing, 10 years later, actually doing the talk and seeing a queue of people making a beeline to come and chat to you just to hear about experiences and, and help them give that back. So, you know, 100% what Tom just said is, 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 is the, you know, is definitely, I would encourage any entrepreneur, you know, to, to, as I said already, get involved with fellow entrepreneurs as much as you can. Thanks, gentlemen. Lots of positive messages out there. 
For all the details you need about today's show and information on how you can get involved and connect, visit thisisgo.co.uk and don't forget, you can put your questions to Tom and Willie by emailing gobusiness at thisisgo.co.uk and join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag GoHunterAndHockey. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Listen anytime, anywhere, wherever you get your podcasts. With Clark Epos UK Limited. Faster payment solutions for everyday businesses. Fed up paying increasingly high gas and electricity bills for your business? The team at Clark Epos UK Limited are here to help. We scour the market to find you the best deals possible. Just send us your latest bills and leave the rest to us. Our customers are hardworking, everyday businesses just like yours. Clark Epos UK Limited. Call today on 01698 478 883 and start saving right now.